With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to a pregame version of Beyond the Blade. Tampa Bay Lightning, Buffalo Sabres tonight, big division matchup for the Sabres. I am your co-host, Chad Didemenesis, and he is back. He's back. Bill is back as my co-pilot, finally. I'm back. It's been a while. I feel a little rusty, and you threw me right into live, but I'm ready to go. I'm excited. (laughs) It's good to be back. So uh, before we get into the pregame here, I, I think we should, you know, take some time here to at least give us a, a, a recap or at least some sort of talk. How was how was Disney? It was good. So I don't even know if I mentioned this, but my sister got married. Um, it was very nice. The wedding was very good. It was actually only like 74 that day, which was perfect because we were in long sleeve vests. Um, but yeah, no, the whole trip was a lot of fun. Um, and believe it or not, it was actually easier for me to watch Sabres games because I wasn't in Buffalo, so I could just go on the NHL app and watch the games. Oh, there you go. That works. So I actually caught more hockey than you would probably think. But uh, no, yeah, it was, a, it was a nice break. It was first vacation for me since like March, so a couple months. Uh, but hey, glad to be back and glad to be talking about hockey. And I, I think I came back at the right time because I actually made it to the Vancouver game. Yeah, yes, yeah, we'll, we'll kind of jump into that here next, but I do want to tell you, because I told you yesterday, it'd be a surprise, but uh, I had a, a circle of life playing in the background there as you were talking, so. Oh, there you go. I figured you'd enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. Yeah, man, I, lo- I, uh, I love Disney. Family's always been a Disney family, so uh, we probably go about once a year. It was, it was a lot of fun. Good time. 
Um, now that Leighton's uh, a year and a half, he's uh, starting to run around and yell fish as we're going through aquariums and stuff. And there you go. That, as you know, is a lot of fun. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. When they can kind of enjoy it with you. That's good. Mm-hmm. Good. Well, I'm glad you had fun. I missed you. Uh, I had to talk about myself about hockey for a little bit, but like you said, you kind of got back here at just the right time. You know, the Montreal game uh, was a high-scoring affair that was, I don't know, maybe one of the most exciting games I've watched in a while, and then you are at the Vancouver game, and so was I, and that game in itself was nutty. It felt like for, what, you want to say 45 minutes of that game that it was pretty much one of those bummer home games, but yeah. you know, the last three to... Last three minutes of regulation, and then the overtime and shootout kind of turned things around, and and here we are. But uh, yeah, it's it, it hockey's kind of fun around here again, Bill. I guess that's what you missed when you were gone. I know, I, fun. Even just that alone, and and on top of fun, they're winning, um, which is incredible. I, I don't know if you saw on Twitter um, when they won that game. We were talking about how they're at twenty points, and someone actually asked you, "When's how long did it take them to get to twenty points last year?" And uh, I actually looked it up, and it was 30 games December 10th of last year. So they are a month ahead of what they were last year. Um, they're good. They're good, and they're fun to watch. And that makes for exciting hockey to talk about, exciting hockey to watch. And, and it kind of gets you up for a game like tonight where, you know, Tampa Bay coming in would just be uh, a game over. But, you know, tonight it's, it's a good test for the team. Uh, we'll get into the pregame in a little bit, but... I mean, the Vancouver game, though, I think is kind of the, the crux of what this season is uh, or what it can be. And, uh, you know, there's rumblings and people have been talking about how the team is different this year, that they're just not like the teams that have been, you know, iced the last three years. And, and you kind of try to temper expectations with, you know, coming into the season, we were hoping that they're you know, on the playoff verge, uh, which they're, you know, they've been in basically a wild card spot or higher for almost the entire season. Um, so it, it's easy to get really excited, but I, I would say the Vancouver game was the game where I finally am kind of getting to that point as well, where just, that team is different where, I mean, you and I were texting during the game cause you were up in the press box and, and I was up in the three hundreds, but you know, eight minutes left, they have that power play down three to one. And we're both saying, you know, they got to score here. Or the game's over. Right, um, right. even to the point where it's three, two, and a couple minutes left, and I saw somebody walking past you to leave the press box. They scored a tie it, and he turns around and sits back down. It was the funniest thing I'd seen in a long time. Um, but I mean, even to be honest, it's a it's a Saturday game. If it's a weeknight game, probably a lot more people out the door. Even I was, you know, probably would have been gone. But you know, Saturday one o'clock, it was nice. We already had the babysitter, so uh, we we hung out for the entire thing, and it was obviously. Uh, the right move because you know the last three games that game's over when it's three to one. It, it, in general, it was a super weird game with you know Eichel and Reinhardt disappearing for a uh, you know a long period of time, not even knowing for a while what the deal with Eichel was. Uh, it seemed like after Eichel and Reinhardt left, the team was just in shambles. Uh, Vancouver basically controlled for the entirety of them being off the ice, uh, even into the third period, and then they come back and I. Credit where credit's due. Housley put Reinhardt on the top line because Reinhardt was yeah, going, yeah. and I, I think that was the right move. Uh, and what does he do? He sets up Skinner for the 3-2, and then he goes and ties the game himself uh, with a nice shot on the far pad by Risto, and then Reinhardt coming in from the backside following it up. So I, I think that was sort of the right move, smart play by Housley, to get Reinhardt up there and get Palmerville off the line because Reinhardt was really going that game. 
even the middle stat line has been really going lately, and that shootout goal was really, really nice. Uh, I, I, it's one of those things where you love it because he's on your team. The uh, pretending to high five the Vancouver players, I can't get enough of that. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> didn't, didn't do that. Did it in college or the World Juniors yep, too? I remember yep, him doing that before. I think I was seeing that. Yeah, he did it in college quite a bit too, and I actually do remember seeing him do it in college. Um, so, I, I mean, the the team is it's a it's a confidence that we haven't seen, um, and it's with new players. Uh, Skinner basically, what is he second in the league in goals? Yep. Um, so I, I mean, it's kind of just for that team to come back, and then even to get that win in the shootout, where I mean, Reinhardt even had him beat. He just missed the five hole. So he almost had all three scoring, and then Hutton shut it down. I thought he played really well. I didn't even get to that save. That save was amazing, um, which keeps them in that game. So, I, I mean, should he have the second one? Yeah, probably. But I, I think most goalies don't get this, the glove save that he made on the back door there. So I think those kind of even each other out. And then, for, like I said, um, most years that game's over. But for them to come back and, and get the win there, uh, I think it's – it's kind of becoming the, all right, what if, what is this team? Are they even a little better than we thought? And they squeak into the playoffs. And then you, as you know, uh, get into the playoffs and anything can happen. No, absolutely. I mean, I think it kind of, I mean, you tell me you were rusty and you sound like you were, you weren't gone at all for the last week and a half. So I, you know, I, honestly, man, I felt good. <laughs> I was hoping you'd let me run because it's been a while and I've been, I've been missing it. Yeah. You had to get it out of your system there. So I, I let you go here and, uh, but yeah, okay. I, I think you touched on a lot. So I mean, it's, you know, like I said, when you miss when you're gone is, you know, you got a little bit before you left too, but it, it's a, it's a team now where you, you know, you, you never feel like you're out of a game, you know, and um, how long can that last for falling down and coming back? It's, it's not a sustainable model, but nonetheless, I mean, you have the talent, you have the ability, and now you have the confidence of these players who know that if they get down or goal or two, that it's, you know, not lights out, they can battle back, they can score quickly, you know, so it's, it's good. You know, it, it's, it, it makes, the game's interesting that when things don't go your way early or for a period that, you know, it's not over and, you know, it keeps you engaged in a game. So that's, that's the exciting part of it. You know, it's, uh, there, there's, there's a lot with this team to be happy about. And there's a lot that you can definitely, you know, only 17 games in see the improvement, you know, with the scoring and, uh, with the depth and the defense scoring more and definitely the goaltending. But, you know, that, that's one of the things we're probably going to get into here um, as we can kind of start to transition towards this game tonight is that, that the defense still alarms me. I, I think there's still issues with their passing uh, for everybody, pretty much everybody except Rasmus Dahlin. You know, there's, I mean, Pagosian's okay at it. Bolio, I think, has been good at it. Uh, but, like, Crystalline and Scandella, I, I think, has struggled. McCabe still hasn't been great at times. And Scandella's starting to worry me. Yeah, he's really starting to worry me. And... You know, with Lawrence Pilot, I don't know how long that's going to go for, but maybe we'll save that for a full podcast day. But yeah, it's it's concerning, and that ties into today where you you know you it's fun to play the high flying game with Montreal, where it's up and down the ice, and you know same even thing. Vancouver, even yeah. Vancouver, yeah, it's up and down the ice. But the thing that's not going to work in your favor, especially against tonight, is if you're going to turn the puck over and you're going to have transition against you the other way continuously over and over and over <laughs> again. You know, Montreal didn't miss very many opportunities. But Vancouver missed a few, and Tampa Bay is not going to miss those opportunities tonight. And I think it, not to cut you off, but I think if you ahead. do that tonight, you're going to see the Colorado game. You are. You're going to see a six-one-seven-one game. I was just going to get to that. It, it's going to get lopsided quickly because I, I know you've shown the ability to get back in games and come from behind. But you know, now 
you're getting a break not getting Vasilevsky tonight. That's one thing. But mm-hmm. regardless, I mean, that Tampa Bay defense is no no joke. They have Hedman back. They're not going to have Strawman. Uh, Sergachev is there. I, I know they had a rough night you know, over the weekend in Ottawa or against Ottawa, but still, I mean, that, that this isn't a game where I'm going to try to play that style where if I fall down two goals or so, I'm like, ah, it's okay, I'm still in this game. But I, I don't I, – I think – they can't afford to fall down early because, like you said, if they do, it, it's going to turn into a Boston or like that Vegas game or like that Colorado game. Because if you're going to turn the puck over all night and not be clean with it and be sloppy, that this club's going to make you pay, and it can get ugly pretty fast. Yes, sir. Yeah, I mean, totally. It's, it's just it's one of those games where you can't. They have the firepower to. If they if you let them get up early and get up quickly, um, they're just going to keep pouring it on. It's not like you're going to have the chance to come back. So, I mean, it's important. I, I think what the Sabers are really going to have to do is kind of play it tight defensively, uh, and then look for the opportunities. Um, I mean, because you're going to get them. You're going to get them with like oh, you're going to get them with those top two lines. Uh, I, I would look for like kind of I hit on earlier the middle stat line. Do they got to break through at some point? The kid's been all over the ice, and he just hasn't. It's kind of like Skinner in the first five games of the year, right? Where you could yep. see it, he just wasn't scoring. Uh, and kind of Middlestad's going through that now. But I think, I think the shootout goal can help that, uh, even though you know it's not in game and it's a breakaway. But I mean, he scored still, so I think that can kind of get you on the right track to potting more here. I don't know necessarily that it happens today, but I definitely think that line is on the verge of taking that next step and starting to give more of that secondary scoring. Um, and then, yeah, it's going to come down to the defense. I, it makes me nervous. Uh, I'm happy that we do have guys like Pilot and Gooley in the back burners, um, just in case something does happen or if they do, which I, I can't imagine it's going to be too much longer if they keep playing the way that they're playing, that you're not going to see somebody get a shot here. Um, but Hey, you never know. And uh, you know, Scandella, He's the one that, you know, he's really got to turn it around. I, I've been talking to, you know, even fans at games and where they're they're saying they get nervous when Scandell is going back uh, in the zone for a puck, and, and this just, that's not a good thing. So, um, and I agree with it. So, it, I mean, if he, he's going to have to turn it around, I mean, wrist aligning, yeah, he, it was funny that he got that OT game winner. Uh, no, I know, right? Night, but, I, know. I, I mean, he was basically getting lambasted on Twitter uh, for the entirety of that game before he scored the game winner, and, I don't think I, – I mean, I get it. I know we all talk about how he's leading the team in ice time. He's, he's averaging, what, over 25 a night, which yep. is crazy. Yep. Um, yeah, you even tweeted out the text I had to you about how, you know, Darlene was supposed to come in here, and good thing Phil's using that to his advantage, <laughs> combating Ristolainen's minutes, yeah, which obviously minutes isn't happening. Him. But, yeah. uh, I mean, I, I think – just taking a quick step back, I think I do think it's a good thing that – they're winning, and besides the defense, the problems that you're seeing are the problems of a young team. They're not playing, you know, a full 60 minutes. They're playing, you know, 20 minutes here, 20 minutes there, three minutes in the last of a game. Um, but they're doing that, and they're finding ways to win, which is a good thing. Um, but I, I think the progression you're going to want to look for here for the team as a whole is that they start to put together 40 minutes of a game, 50 minutes of a game, 60 minutes of a game, control an entirety of a game. Um the defensive itself, I think you're kind of just going to have to see, I mean, how they progress here over the last, I mean, Beaulieu has been better, uh, but still, I mean, what is he uh, in the long-term plans of this? I really don't think he's there. So 
I mean, I think if you can get a look eventually at one of those two guys, and like you said, it's for another podcast, but um, I, I think the defense is where things are going to kind of have to be shore up. But the good thing to that, too, is Darlene's only going to get better. He's such a young kid. I think if Risto, the minutes do come down a little bit, I think he'll be able to find his game again. I know everyone's clamoring for a trade, but I don't know. I, it's funny because before the season, I was on the boat of moving him for a winger. Yeah. Um, and now it's kind of you can't move everybody out. Uh, so, right. And kind of, what do you have here with the D? Yeah. And you know, I think you kind of hit on it. It's not that I'm not, you know, advocating that I would move wrist line. And now if somebody called, I'd be, I'd listen, but I'm not, I'm not actively, I'm not actively trying to move him by any means. You know, it's, I think he's a more effective player in a different role than what he's being played in now. And what you thought he was going to be in. We thought it was going to be in that for three years now, and we're still waiting for that to happen. So, you know, you, you can say the argument, well, there's nobody else to take his minutes, but you've never even tried to see if anybody else can give you more effective, if you use other players, if it's more effective than what you're doing right now. It, it's never been given the opportunity, so nobody knows. So, I, I mean, on paper, sure, you could argue that, but until you try it, I, I don't think that really holds a lot of water to me personally. And so, I think it should be based on, you know, how the games are going and how each Usually, what coaches do, you know, how how each defenseman is playing throughout the game. I mean, there's games where I don't, I wish McCabe wasn't playing ten minutes, and then there's games I wish he was playing twenty five. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I, I mean, McCabe, there's been games where he is easily your best defenseman. He's physical. He's he's getting up in the zone. He's scoring. Um, I mean, I know that was probably even before I left. Now at this point, but um, I, I think you kind of just have to use you know, the pairings that are working and to give them more minutes. I mean, if Darlene's going, which is most nights, I, I don't see why he shouldn't be the one getting most of the minutes. I mean, we're 17 games in now. I really haven't seen any reason not to be giving him those minutes. Um, hopefully it's only a couple more games where maybe he's just, again, for whatever reason, trying to ease him in. But I really like to see him get more minutes. But again, you know, someone's got to be out there with them. So, and that seems to be changing quite a bit, at least in the last game. Yeah, no, you're you're right on there. I mean, one thing, you know, to kind of flip it to the forward tip before we get back to Tampa Bay and then kind of get to our keys to the game here, uh, I, I want to ask you, I'm curious about your opinion about what they're doing with Thompson. I mean, I, I think the whole time you were gone, he hasn't he hasn't played. You haven't missed anything with him. And the one game he yeah. did play, you were back for it. So you saw it. Uh, he's going to play again tonight. Berglund's going to sit out. You know, I part of me understands it because you're – putting you're taking out a guy who's doesn't have great foot speed against a really fast hockey team and you're putting Gergensen's back in and then you're gonna have Thompson who can skate when he wants to but doesn't show it off that often um so I, I'm curious you know I, I've given my opinion on how they're handling Thompson numerous times so people know how I feel but I'm just kind of curious what you think what they're doing now and kind of in general how they've handled this thing I mean we're in the same boat but I I mean I guess I'll start with has Bottrell said anything about this at all? Like, has it been questioned at all? I don't think so. Only Housley he hasn't really has, been out there, right? right? Right. Only Housley has, and he said, you know, the, he's using the coaching and you know the tape and all that kind of thing. Because I would love to know what he had to say. Because I mean, for a guy who harped on development and getting a strong AHL team so that those players can come in and play immediately in the NHL level, like there's no gap in the transition. Like when a guy needs to be called up, he's able to play and step right in. I just like you don't see that at all with what's happening with Thompson. You got a young kid who was a pretty big piece to a, a trade uh, to a star player, and he's 
I, I just, I can't, I don't understand it. Honestly, it's, it's, you got a guy who, in my opinion, should have been in the AHL. I mean, he's, there's no development in sitting in the box. And then in my opinion, in the Vancouver game, I mean, he toe drags all the time, but I, I just feel that he is trying to do too much because now right. he knows he's right. sitting in the box and he's got to do something spectacular to stay in the roster, in the lineup on a nightly basis. He knows he's fighting for that spot every single game, which can be a good thing, but it seems like in Thompson's, um, whatever, it's, it's, it's a bad thing where he's just, he's trying to do too much. He's trying to get that highlight reel goal, which if he pulls it off, it'll be nice, but he hasn't. And he's more or less not hitting the net, turning the puck over in front of the net when guys are trying to crash, leading the odd man rushes the other way. Um, it's just in, in the, in its entirety, it's kind of a huge mess. And it's, it's kind of the one spot where it is a huge, huge mess besides the defense. Well, not a huge mess, but like every, everything else seems to be clicking. And that's like the only part where it's just a lot of things don't make sense. I mean, I saw you talking about how maybe because Rochester is going so well right now, uh, they don't want to really mess anything up. But I mean, putting a guy like Thompson down there, I mean, how much is that really going to mess things up, especially when you're pulling guys in and out of the lineup as it is? Right. Well, if you listen uh, to the Amherst, you know, for those listening, if you listen to the Amherst podcast, I asked Keith about that because I was curious when we talked on Sunday. And he said that he doesn't see that being an issue at all. He's like, you know, it's, it's, it's more competition. He said you get more competition down there. You know, you have some guys who are playing. Yeah, it's good for everybody down there. You know, if there's another guy down there that's coming, that's taking your ice time, it, you know, maybe it boosts everybody up. And not to mention they're, you know, right now might be a good time. They're with, all, you know, Olofsson right now who might who missed one game. He could miss a few more. So this kind of seems like that prime opportunity to at least get him in there and see how he does when they're needing a forward. But uh, I said that's not going to be happening anytime soon, at least here. I mean, even if it's just for, you know, a month where you send him down, you get him out of the spotlight in the NHL, you get him out of, you know, being in Buffalo for a while and, and just be able to go down and play big minutes and just, you know, focus on his game and, and kind of try and find himself because obviously with what happened, he's, he's lost right now. Um, and like I said, it's just, you see him trying too hard. I think throwing him into these random games where he's sitting for, you know, periods at a time and then, and then playing a couple games, it's just, it's not working. It's not helping his development. And the last thing you want to do is, kind of have him be another guy that just kind of disappears here. Um, I mean, yes, you still have three first-round picks, which is huge. But, I mean, if you can get three first-round picks and Thompson turns into at least, you know, maybe like a good third-line winger, um, it can only help the hockey team. And I, I just think with the development route that they're taking right now, I think it's just hurting Thompson in, in general. It's kind of hurting the bottom six of the team because he's just he's trying to do too much at this point. And I can't really blame him for doing it. And the role he's playing is not really fair to him either. I mean, how much are you going to get yeah, out of him true. playing with Larson and Bergen or Gerrington in that fourth line? You know, that's, that's you know, not style. Right, they're not looking to create really offense. They're looking to flip the puck for the flip the ice for the six to seven minutes a night they play, and you know, that's kind of asking a lot to get out of Thompson there, which is why I mentioned the other day when I saw he was going in for the Vancouver game is what is Halsey looking for? Out of, apparently he got what he wanted out of him because he's playing again. Playing again. <laughs> so yeah. I, I don't know. Like, I, so I guess we'll we'll see how things go tonight and then we'll reevaluate from there. So I don't want to go too much longer here because this is a pregame show. I don't want to you know go forever on this stuff. So we'll kind of get to our our keys to the game here. I'll kind of go one by one and we can kind of touch on them. Some of these we already talked about. You know, don't turn number one. Don't turn the puck over consistently. Um, that's 
you know, it is what it is. We talked about that already. You know, don't Gotta this team will make you pay. Zone. Exactly. So we'll go to the next one, which again we talked about too. Number two, don't fall behind by multiple goals because, like we said, this team is going to absolutely 100% make you pay. And it's not as easy to come from behind against, you know, Montreal or Vancouver. You know, it, you know there's not Markstrom or a struggling Carey Price in that, you know. I know it's the Ming, but still, uh, I wouldn't be comfortable falling behind by two goals in this game, especially early. Uh, the third thing which you haven't talked about, which I think can kind of be important to use your home ice advantage, but they haven't. Uh, number three we have here is start quickly to get the fans into it. You know, it's this is a much bigger game, I guess you could say, early on in the season for the Sabres than it is for Tampa Bay. This is just another division game, whole home game, 17 for the Lightning, where for the Sabres is kind of a, in a way, I guess you could say, a statement game for them. So I think if they start quickly and get the fans into it, you know, that can only go to their benefit. I don't know how you feel about that. Yeah, I mean, for the most part, even in the Vancouver game, the, the crowd was pretty quiet for the entire game until the last couple minutes there. But I think to your point, if, if you can kind of give them something to cheer about, uh, the fans have no problem getting into it. And I think you're, especially at the end of the game and in overtime, when they took that penalty, you're starting to hear the cheers for clearing the puck on a penalty kill and stuff like that, which you really haven't been hearing for I don't know how long now. Yeah, uh, so I... Right. So I think that they're there and they're ready to explode. They're ready to, you know, bring back to it. I mean, if you want like 06, 07 days where you're, everyone's into the game, you're cheering for every little thing, you know, a big hit, uh, clearing the puck on a penalty kill, just little things like that. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think if you can get them into it early, of course it can only help. Um, I mean, because like you said, if you get down two, you're going to hear a pin drop in that place and Tampa Bay is probably just going to run yeah. with it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, number four, which I think is extremely important, is need a solid night from Hutton. Uh, you can play better defensively. You can not turn the puck over consistently. But when another team has Braden Point, who has 19 points, Kucherov, who has 18, Yanni Gord, who is having another monster year, has 17 points. And as we talked about before this podcast, Steven Stamkos all of a sudden out of nowhere has 15 points. Uh, that is a oh, lot wow. of offense and firepower <laughs> the other team has. And that's before we even talk about Victor Hedman, who just got back recently too. So there is a lot of players in that team who can score goals. And, you know, you can play a better defensive game. You can not turn the puck over, but at the end of the night, you need your goaltender to, I don't want to say steal a game, but he needs to be on his A game. He needs to play like he was against yeah, Vancouver, except yep. that second goal. <laughs> that, that's all we need. Well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, to your point, he's got to play well enough that, they can kind of, if they need to, go back and forth in this game. It needs to be, right. you know, one one, two one, two three. You know, keep keeps keeping up with Tampa Bay. Uh, I think to your point, if they get up by two and then get a power play, you're looking at some trouble. So that transitions us easily into number five, which is our special teams. Uh, I guess I we have stay out of penalty trouble. Uh, you know, Tampa Bay is a top ten ranked power play, but in general. You know, you kind of want to bring it up is yeah. I, the special special teams probably isn't going to get you far. I mean, this is a top five penalty kill in Tampa Bay. They have a top ten power play. If you're going to win this game, you're probably going to have to win this thing at even strength. Hmm, interesting. Talk right. about a challenge, huh? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, no, I and we were talking about this before, and this is the point that I want to bring up that not only is this an important game for the Sabers because you're playing the number one team in the division, the team that's most likely to win the division this year. Uh, you might want to steal a couple games from them if you're going to make the playoffs. But on top of that, you're if you're going to win this game, you're probably going to have to do it on five and five uh, even strength. So 
for the Sabres to come in here to, I mean, maybe they get a power play goal, but I, I think if you're going to score four or five, you're going to need three or four of them to be on uh, five and five even strength hockey. So uh, I think it's going to be important that to see if they can actually, you know, pot some here at five and five. And, you know, like you said, Tampa Bay is a very good special teams team. So um, that's how they're going to have to do it. So it's under the big lights. It's a nationally televised game. The Sabres first of the season. Uh, what here as we're rolling up on the 30 minutes here, kind of caught out near the end. Talked about a lot. I think we kind of covered all the bases here, but there's one thing left to do, and that's for you to go first because I said so. What is your prediction for how tonight's going to go? Uh, I think the Sabres are going to score a couple, but I think they're just not there yet. I don't think the defense is good enough. I think Tampa Bay is going to come in. Um, and they're probably going to score a couple on the power play. I'm going to go six to three. Six Tampa. to three. Wow, I wasn't going that far. Uh, <laughs> I'm <laughs> on the same page with you, though. I, I think I don't think they're going to get blown up by any means in this game. I, I think they'll be in it. They'll be competitive. Um, I'm not going to say Tampa is going to put up six, but uh, I, I think I'm going to roll in the lines of a four-two game. Um, like you said, I just I just think there's a lot that has to go in your way here. I, I will say. Deming being in that over Vasilevsky, who's seven and one against the Sabers with a ridiculous numbers like that, that gives you more confidence they can pull us out. With this morning pulling up these numbers, I'm like, they're not winning this game. So <laughs> it, you know, that gives me a little more confidence that they might have a, sh- a chance at least. And again, it's hockey; anybody can win any night. But of course, my prediction is I'm going to go. I, I think four two Lightning. They're in it. They're competitive. The fourth goal, we'll even say, is an empty netter. But I just, I just don't think they're up to the task quite yet but i'm ready to be surprised i'll say that it'd be nice it would just be another another nice win on a string and it would be three in a row which would be two three in a row streaks in the season which they only had one of those the entirety of last year <laughs> only 18 games in the season that'd be insane to kind of that would be nice yeah that going for you pretty early so for chad and bill Thank you very much for listening to our little pre-game podcast here we're also going to try to get a regular podcast out here probably in the next I don't know, I'll say like 40 to 72 hours. We'll see how things go here over the next couple days. Um, so enjoy the game tonight. Big game, national TV, NBCSN, so don't forget. So that's where you'll catch your game tonight. 7.30 puck drop. Tampa Bay, the best team in the Atlantic and the Eastern Conference against the upstart Sabres. So for Chad and Bill, thanks for listening, and we will talk to you again soon. See ya. All good to be back. See ya.